You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is a former Oshawa General, Carolina Hurricane, amongst other teams in his interesting career. A rare player who was drafted twice, New Jersey and Vancouver in 2001 and three, respectively. These days, one, he's one-third of the three Nolans hockey clinics and also acts alongside yours truly in the hit TV show Shorzy, now available on Crave Canada or Hulu in the good old U.S. of A. Once a scrappy player, rough around the edges, He's now a punctual, punctual, responsible father, but he still won't cut his hair. He is a fine friend, a fabulous fellow, a jovial Jim, a blissful bulldog, a big-hearted beauty, a personable player. Here's what I say. The boy could really play. He learned from his bro and went to the O. Bombs tend to go boom, and we partied in my room. Not with fancy balloons. We just blasted some tunes. He laughs at danger and has the eyes of a stranger. Oh, you want to hear Morsey? He was awesome in Shorzy. He likes burgers with a bun and is a fantastic son. He can sing and dance in Lululemon pants. Folks, I once went to Nashville and my bank card was stolen. And please welcome to the show my pal, Brandon Nolan. How the hell are you, Brandon? Great to see you, buddy. Great to see you, too. So tell me all about your summer. Oh, man, it was it was just swamped. My boys uh, really got into baseball. They absolutely love baseball now, so... It was my uh, oldest, my 10-year-old second year playing uh, playing ball, then my 8-year-old's first year playing ball. 
And uh, I didn't know like baseball was this big around Whitby. I mean, we were probably at the baseball field five, six days of, of the seven. Really? Uh, between their between their two teams, I mean, one had five tournaments, one had four. So we were. I mean, it was awesome though. It, it was just it was. Awesome. And that's tournaments. There's you know, there's also just the regular. Yeah, I don't know what's more fun of the tournaments, the, uh, the kids or the parents. So um, wow, the tournaments are just uh, yeah, they're awesome just to get out and we're playing cards late and that's great. And play ball and having dinners. It's just, I mean, it was awesome. When I was growing up, baseball was big for you know all relative but i'd say huge but for, for my age group in newfoundland you know you'd go to the provincials there was 10 teams or whatever and it really tailed off soccer took over here um and yeah to the point god i went to watch like the i go to watch a lot of local stuff and you know baseball's really tailed off they, they you know they still have teams it's an all-star program but it's not close so how how would it be from an ontarian perspective did you grow up playing baseball uh, I played baseball. Like I grew up in Gardner First Nation, right outside Sault Ste. Marie. Obviously, we talked about this. I absolutely loved hockey. Hockey was I was hockey year round, but in summers I, I played. Like uh, I assume I don't know. It's just assume it was like house league baseball. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I played baseball till like maybe twelve years old. Moved around with uh, Ted's job, and then I just took hockey more seriously. So baseball just kind of faded out. But I, I play now with. Uh, bunch of buddies up up the road here at the local diamond and uh it's yeah i love baseball so it's no fluke so your kids are athletes and so that it doesn't really surprise me in whitby because you're i'm assuming they got some pretty good baseball around toronto when you guys say you go to tournaments like where are you talking yeah we're going all around toronto mississauga oakville uh we did two in the in the states one in uh, rochester one in buffalo oh, beauty um, but like all around here like toronto um all the little pockets like lee side north york their baseball programs are amazing and i didn't i, I honestly i didn't think the baseball would be this good at uh 10 years old and eight years old and it's it's shocking like you would think if someone told me and i didn't know oh my god it sounds boring but the games are <laughs> they're awesome man they're really fun to watch so is there the problem problem uh, again i watch a lot of local stuff and i mean a lot of uh, i'm not a kid i'm not i don't hang around the uh schoolyard offering ice cream or anything but i yeah. go to a lot of the you know the early game and i know a lot of the parents so i watched some i don't know what you would call it now mighty might or t- it used to be mosquito when i played but like 9 10 11 year olds yeah and if there was a problem it's that there's so many balls like the pitchers can't you know, it was one thing. I, I look back, man, we were hitting curveballs at that age. I mean, these it, it was tough to, for, the, for the pitchers to get it over the plate. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of ways around that. Sometimes in the house league here at that age, what they do is they just have a parent go in. If there's like five or six balls, throw it to the kid. Like, is the, my point being that it's pretty boring early on. Yeah. So how, like, did your kids have to deal with that or was it not a big deal? Uh, not really. I mean, around here, eight, nine years old, they use uh, like a spinning wheel. So it comes out right in the strike zone around, I think okay, it's 40, that's 44 another, miles yeah. per hour. And then my oldest, uh, 10U, they just started pitching this year. And uh, I'm shocked at how many strikes were thrown and how many kids did not get hit by the ball. I mean, we yeah. played some teams, some kids were gassing at like 54, 55, 56 miles per hour at nine, 10 years old. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, the pitching, I was shocked at how it's it's amazing. That's that's kind of why I asked in my own mind. I didn't really explain it well, but yeah, like the, so people were either getting hit or the ball was just going all over the place. And I was like, God, how would they deal with this? So yeah, the pitching machine makes total sense. I mean, um, and you know, it's an evolution of a sport. There's 
there's swings and, and it, you know, it's, I think around here, it's just that the registration is down a little bit, which tends to dilute the talent. Yeah. Uh, do your kids play any other sports? Uh, my 10 year old played hockey for the past geez, five years and just came to me a couple weeks ago and just didn't want to play this year. Just said he wasn't having fun. And so he actually, he just quit a couple weeks ago, probably four days before the AAA tryouts. Oh my God. Um, so, so he was good if you're talking AAA tryouts. Yeah, he played AAA last year. He played um, like um, a leader on Whitby the past couple of years. So he's a great so, player. Yeah, he's a pretty good player. I mean, but if he's not having fun and like I asked him, do you like scoring goals? He said, yeah, it's okay. Do you like chasing down a puck? He's like, yeah, sometimes. I'm okay, then you, you don't love hockey. <laughs> like, yeah. like I did, which is fine. And, and I said, if you're not having fun, let's, we'll find something else to do in the winter. So he, he shut it down. And then my eight-year-old, my five-year-old uh, girl, um, they they're just gonna play house league this year, so uh, they both they both enjoy the game. It's always for any parents. I always, you know, it's it, it's a tough road to come to because sometimes a kid might just be, you know, having a bad month or something, and you're like, you know, because this is huge. Like if, if you yeah. do want to play again when you're 16, like yeah. these are ears that you want, but you also you want to listen and. And you want to say, look, like, I totally get it. And I support you. And I love you either way, of course, which you do. But you also don't want to see them make a mistake. And I know what you yeah. mean. I only from I say this. Sometimes I regret it. Um, and, yeah. And he said it a couple of times last year. Like, he hated going to practice after school. I mean, AAA hockey around here. I mean, you're five days a week. So yeah. after school, like, you're and in school 330. It, it's treated like a business when you're that age. Yeah. Like, it, it just... It got to be a lot, and I totally get where he's coming from because baseball, hockey, like baseball ended on Monday. Then uh, AAA tryouts were the Saturday after the whole season of baseball just ended. So, like, it's tough, man. There's not much break for these kids. I mean, if they enjoy it and they absolutely love it, like, I'll, I'll go take them anywhere. I but hear you, buddy. I'm truly in love with the game, and, and it it's just could be nice to just get a little break. And who knows? He might come back to it next year. Or he might, might be done forever. <laughs> I'm not too sure. I took, uh, yeah, Penny Lane. I had her skate, and I took her to the rink back. You know, she was five or six, and she really, really didn't like it. Then I tried again yeah. at seven or eight, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to force this on her. And I, now she'll be like, oh, Dad, maybe I'll learn to skate and try out for the team. I'm like, no, you you know, yeah. I think that window passed. I, I got her skates. I'm like, but, I, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll go out for a little skate, but your best bet now is just learn how to general skate so you can do it because it's going to be in yeah. your life. But I don't think she got it at the time, and but but the thing is, I don't really regret it. I can see from that perspective too. I don't know if you're. I, I honestly, I don't know if your kids feel this. I'm not projecting, but for me, I just look at it. And I know my life, and it worked out for me, and I really rose to. But my dad was a great player. He was, you know, a third round pick in the NHL. So the odds were I wasn't going to be, but it, but it happened. But from Penny Lane's perspective, I'm like, you know, you're going to have a lot of pressure on you. I raised my ki my buddy's kid, Tyson, and, you know, I played in the NHL, so did his biological father. And, you know, everybody just would compare him to us. And I, I, I could just, I, I just saw this headache there. And I said, you know what, but you're going to get into a sport and pick one because yeah. I really, you know, there's got to be something out there that you like. And anyway, she really took to soccer and she's playing volleyball today. Yeah, so I, for any sport, just just play a sport. Like just play a sport. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a privilege to play a sport. How much time consuming it is, the money. Yeah. So when you have an opportunity to play a sport, I mean, you just grab that because it just teaches you so much. Exactly. Um, it's just funny, like with the game of hockey. Like I was at a, a golf tournament with a bunch of guys that played like junior and pro and whatnot, and all of them like not a lot, not a lot of the guys' kids play hockey. Like 
they said, oh, I don't want, I'm not putting my kid in that. I'm not, yeah. it's just like, there's, I don't know, just something about hockey the last couple of years that has just maybe turned people a little sour with what's going on. And it's just, yeah. I mean, it's just, just a so lot. There's a lot. It's, it's just so serious. I mean, just getting to baseball the past couple of years and watching more Jays games and seeing those broadcasts or seeing broadcasts on, on the NBA, like they're just having so much fun. And yeah. when you watch a game of hockey, <laughs> there's not much, not you much know fun. What? Really funny you brought this up because I hadn't. So last weekend, I guess a week and a half ago now, I took Penny Lane to um, Toronto, as you know. I took her there for she, she doesn't travel much. I kind of felt bad. Yeah. I was like, you know what? And I, it, it was like an epiphany I had a couple of weeks ago. I was supposed to go to the World Masters Ball Hockey Championships in Prague. I was set to go. And I thought about it, and I'm like, you know, I got three World Championships. Like, do, do I need another one? If I don't go, someone else is going to get the opportunity. They lost in the final. They could have, you know, they got a silver. And But I said, you know, and I was looking, because Penny Lane's mother lives in Calgary now. And, um, you know, she's here with me, and I'm like, God, that'll be another trip that I'm gone. And and I travel all over the world, usually through not really vacationing. I would never leave her home. But, you know, it's all business or hockey or whatever. Yeah. And I travel a lot and uh, have all this fun. So I said, man, I got to bring her. So I brought her up and I thought about it. She had, I mean, I couldn't have spent the time any better. I'm really glad in the decision I made. I regretted it for a millisecond because I wanted to go win another world. I mean, the, the competitive edge doesn't end. But uh, anyway. So I took her to a Jays game on the last day. And I'm like, you know, she doesn't play baseball. We were playing soccer baseball this summer and she ran the wrong way. Like she doesn't know anything about it. And other than my father, her father is in, or her grandfather is in the local hall of fame here, baseball hall of fame in Newfoundland. So, and I played all-star and everything. I love baseball, um, but I took her. So I didn't want to project again what I wanted to do, but I said, I think she's going to like it. So she went to the game. What a blast. And I didn't really ever think about it, but I'm like, if you were here, Watching this, first of all, there's music every batter. The mascots up and down all the time. There's all kinds of entertainment. There's a huge jumbotron that you could watch without even looking at the game and be entertained. I'm going, what a feeling this is. Now, if you go to a Leafs game, they're all really, I'm not saying it's not kind of exciting, but I think for a kid, if you, if you weren't really into hockey, I think you'd lose them a lot quicker than baseball. Like she she was yelling like for Guerrero, for Bichette. And it was the game that he hit the winner in the bottom of the yeah. end. It's just so much more rewarding for families don't you find or is it just me oh, it's just, no it's amazing it's i love hockey if i could play hockey right now and i was in shape and i was healthy i'd come back and play again right now yeah i love hockey but i hate watching hockey it's it's the it's probably the only sport i don't watch i know <laughs> football number one golf baseball basketball probably something else in between and then hockey would be down the down the road um, i just yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, you guys, you guys went to Wonderland. You went to the Jays game. It looked like a pretty sweet trip. But the geez, Eagles. We're going, we're going next week against the Yankees. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, my boys wanted to see Aaron Judge. So we got uh, right right field above the bullpen. Good so, fucking thing you got outfield tickets because this might, like, might be, he might do it. Yeah, yeah, we got him like two, three weeks ago. I'm like, man, like, that'd be sweet if he got his 60th. He yeah. got his 60th last night. So maybe in a week he'll be at his 65th. So we'll, yeah. uh, we'll see, yeah. Maybe awesome. in a week, dude, he's going to be at 62. <laughs> yeah. You might be at the game. 
And this yeah. means a lot. This means yeah. a lot of Yankees for the baseball so, in general. Yeah, really looking forward to next week. Oh, man, it'll be – I just really – I love it to happen in Toronto. Speaking of – speaking of other sports, I told you four years ago I knew a little bit about football. Eight years ago, nothing other than the huge megastars. I, I know who won the championship. That was it. Yeah. Now I'm really into it. So right. who who impresses you early? Who's your team again? Uh, Ravens. The Ravens Mark are Jackson, my boys. So, wow! What did you think of your oh, boys the other night? Yeah. <laughs> Twenty-seven. <laughs> awful play calling. Terrible defense. Lamar had a great game, um, but just awful. Awful. I'm surprised at how much terrible play calling. Um, speaking of, I mean, there were so many in that first Denver. Who did Denver played in the first weekend? Anyway, oh, they're in Seattle. I don't know any. Yeah, there, there it was, yeah. and you, and, and I thought Denver was going to blow them out. Well, that's what my betting line had. Yeah. But um, anyway, I'm watching. I'm going, fuck. If like I again, I, I I follow it a lot, but I don't know a lot of the play calls or anything. I'm learning. I'm going to actually next step is buying the football game for PlayStation. Then I'll actually learn the plays and everything. But I know the players and I know the coaches and I know generally what's happening. And I'm going, am like everybody I know. My phone is. I'm blank about how how terrible of a call it was at the end of the game. Like, why would you sign Wilson and pay him all this and take the ball out of his hand? And then, like every announcer, every every broadcast I watched. So that that's what baffles me. It's like American Idol, and there's a bad person in the top ten. I'm like, shouldn't all these people be Allison? Kra- shouldn't they all be Frank Sinatra? Like, yeah. shouldn't these coaches? So many people watch football and strategize and sit around the fucking betting table every weekend. There's so much movement and, and transactions and betting and fantasy. It must lead the world and all of it. And you still got these idiotic play calls. I don't get it. It's unbelievable. I mean, I love football. I've probably been into it the past, I don't know, maybe eight, ten years. But I'm still lost on, like, in like the just the intricate of the game, like the, the many – like, I just – I'm blown away how athletic, like – the O line and D line is like that. Just that blows my mind at how fast these guys are. It's fucking. Uh, like they're running dude. down like they'll run down like a Lamar Jackson, or yeah. they'll run down like someone who's like super fast, which I'm blown away about. But yeah, like play calling. Oh my god! Like I don't even know that much. And then you're sitting there and you're like, what are you doing? It's no. And how like you know what what it really impresses me when I go to an NHL game and I sit close. I look and I'm like, fuck, I can't believe that I was skating around in this league. It's so fast. I'm going, wow. Like, at one point, my body adapted to this. Like, this is yeah. fucking crazy. How fast I go to junior it? games. I, I I don't think I could play junior hockey. I know. Right. <laughs> I'm the same way. I go, shit, man. I was out there skating around in major junior, like, doing well. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, it looks so exactly. fast. I mean, football, like- I wear, I think. It's relative, and everybody's running. I don't think people realize how fucking fast they're going for huge gentlemen, yeah. huge guys that are motoring. I'm like, I often think, can you imagine getting caught on the railroad tracks with one of those guys? I remember one. Uh, my first football game was in um, South Carolina with the Gamecocks at the university. Uh, and the guy said, once you go down to the field and you like hear the sound of the game, you'll never let your kid play. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just like. It was vicious. I couldn't believe it. I, you know, the only time I was at an NFL game, um, and I've been to a couple of college games, not to that level you were at. Um, but anyway, 
I I didn't appreciate it. I was playing. Have you ever played in Cincinnati in downtown Cincinnati? Yeah. There, there. Yeah. yeah, it's great because the rink is there, and then the NFL team is um, the Bengals play here, and then right next to the Bengals is the Cincinnati Reds, and then right next to that is the Cincinnati Cyclones, which was great as an East Coast League team because we're minor leaguers and they're not, and everybody's hanging out together after practice. Yeah. But anyway, they got me some tickets and I did go. I, I was impressed with the, but I don't even, I didn't know anybody. You know, I wasn't a football fan at the time. So my experience that day is just one of, wow, man, this is, uh, you know, this is crazy energy in this building. But yeah. I'd like to go now and appreciate it. And no, I didn't go down and and, and listen to it close. So yeah. it must be just so you're hearing guys just in pain. Oh. Right? Um, that, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, I, it, I'll never turn down like an opportunity to go to a live sporting event just because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So if I have the opportunity to go to one, I mean, I don't go to many. I I probably go to. But there's only four or five Jays games, five Jays games a year. Yeah. Maybe like one Leaf game. Maybe like three Raptors games a year. So I'm not going to a lot. But if I have an opportunity, I love going to like the Oshawa Generals, the Junior. Like those are awesome. Just because it's a smaller building. Like love that rink too. You can't have a bad seat. The kids love it. So, like, just live sporting events are just so, man, I love it. I, I'm a diehard sports fan, so I'll go anywhere. Do you, um, yeah, yeah, me too. You know, I like to watch the best do what they do anyway, and uh, yeah. it's not hard to get into. And I always find, God, what is what is the word? The, the energy, like, even if you, even if I'm, and I always, every weekend, I'm like everybody, a lot of other sports fans, football fans, I'm not a huge, huge gambler, but I put something on the game to give me a reason to watch. I enjoy the, I think football marketed, whatever happened, however, all these sports evolved, football did it way better than everybody else. Like way less games. Everybody loves it. Um, more Jersey sales with way less games. And so much, there's so much to unpack. But anyway, um, as I'm, as I get into it and as I watch and, and, uh, and, and I gamble on it, where was I going with that at the beginning? Fuck, I can't remember. I can't remember where it was. Anyway, one of the things I was going to say is that it, it, what's the word? The energy, even though it might, you gambled on it, so you would think it's really tense and anxiety inducing, but it takes your mind off everything else. So I find yeah. even, even in the, that's what I was going to say, even yeah. in the intense, moments of watching football or sports but really football man because i love watching it um it's still a release like in a good way like i get the same feeling afterwards even though i'm stressed the fuck out yeah. i get the same feeling that if i just had like a massage or something like i feel well that was good you know for the brain to just not think about fucking anything but football and the storylines make it for me it's one thing to be able to gamble but you know it's just presented uh so it is. It's yeah. so it's 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 so addicting. You know what I mean? It's just. I mean, you got Sunday, Monday, then you're just waiting for Thursday to roll around. Yeah. And it's like Thursday, then you're back Sunday, Monday. It's just like the schedule. Every game's so important. I mean, by week three or four, some teams are done. Like that's crazy to me. You just started your season yeah. and you're done. And you're fucking done. Well, Owen, <laughs> Owen, two. I looked at the stat the other day. Teams that go Owen two, like it's like yeah. make the playoffs like seven percent of the time. I'm like, like holy Bengals, shit. Bengals could be done. You know, with so little games, and it's great for like broadcasters and sports channels and things because you know, there's just so it's easier to cover because of the you know, there's only so many games, right? So, yeah, I mean, 
hockey, I find, you know, and, and not that I cover one particular team, but you know, you football doesn't have like a minor league per se. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you got to follow yeah. college, but you know, if, if you were involved in hockey, which is the fourth of the fourth popular sports, yeah. um, you know, you'd have to know everything going on in the minors, right? You, you, you know what? If, I bet you if hockey was played like the playoffs, I'd watch a lot more. Way more. But And I get it. I mean, you can't play like that all year. But like October is just like, it's shinny. Like, it's just yeah. awful hockey. There's That's like seven, six. Like, I guess some people like Scott. I'd rather see like a 2-1 grinding, lots of hitting and fighting. Me too. Uh, but like, the only but way, like, yeah. you know, the only way I see that happening is if there's less games, there should be. I just h- how it all came to play that hockey has 82 games, and exhibition, and even exhibition in hockey, guys are fighting and checking, and like I didn't find exhibition like a joke at no. all in 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 those and uh, in those years that I was playing. So there's exhibition, then you yeah, get we were never comfy. That's why. Yeah, well, you're right. We were going out harder than yeah. Like, we imagine that your last year uh, junior training camp, you're just rolling in like <laughs> right, but like, like yeah. every training camp was just like. You wouldn't believe like the stress and anxiety that some guys had. The most ever. Yeah. I've, 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 in the middle of camp, just everything at once. My job's on the yeah, line. Yeah, I was talking about this with the guy the other day. You get to camp and you're you see a fucking like a like a seventy four or a fifty eight in, in your stall, and you know like you're way down the grid. Yeah. You got those high numbers in training camp. You're like, oh, this guy's shit. He's you're, going back. And like. It Just was playing such... mind games. You're playing mind games with yourself for the whole however long you're there. Uh, oh, the whole the, the, each day is a mind game. Yeah. Each, oh, each comment. Each comment. You yeah. walk by. I remember saying this to Brad Brown coming in, and fuck, both of us were stressed out. I'm like, we just walked by, and said hi. We just said hi to Alan Vigneault as he was walking the other way, and we're gonna sit here. And he was like, I don't know, but the way he said it, like, you know, how did you think? And I'm like, yeah, we're gonna dissect the way he said fucking hi to us yeah. for the next yeah. five hours. And then we're going to get over it and have dinner. And then we're going to think about tomorrow and who we're going to fight and, you know, what, what they think and scoring a goal. And it's just like fucking crazy. Like the way I was looking the other day, speaking of camp, I mean, I don't know. You were a little bit after me, but to me, rookie game meant she's going up like to some degree. There's going to because the fighters have to audition for fighting yeah. decisions. And the people in the middle, like you and I, are going to be caught right in the whirlwind of all that because we're perfect for the fucking big, tough guys to fight because we'll fight back. We're fairly, we're not pushovers, and they need to fight somebody. So for me, it was always like those games were just nightmares. Get into them when you're into them. But it was just like, because they don't mean anything. If, if you Once they start meaning something, I'm like, I'm okay with it. You know, I took one for the team or whatever, but... You know, in the middle of that, it doesn't matter. It's the it's a weird this weird time. I find in NHL camp. I'm talking a lot here to see what you think of it. You were there uh, as much as I was. Like, because hockey, the whole like to succeed, you have to think as a team. At some point, someone's going to call your bluff. If you're selfish, if you might say it in an interview, you might have a breakaway or ten of them and never pass it. But at some point, someone's going to check you on that. But in camp. And so you're there. Come on, boys. Like, we only got 20 miles, 20 smiles. You know, it's 3-3. Let's get the winner. But you don't really give a fuck about who gets the winner. It's purely personal. Yeah. And everybody knows it, but nobody can say it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Training camp. Oh. But, yeah, that game when you play, like, each other, like, uh, they split the squads. I would, like, never – I would never, like, hit an NHLer. Yeah. Or, like, someone that was on the team or that – but I would always, like – 
try and go after like someone that was in the same spot as me. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, me to, too. And you got to think that out. Yeah, when I went to Vancouver and I was drafted as a 20-year-old, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to come back to junior. I'm done. Like, I don't want to play my overage. And I just, I went friggin' nuts for two weeks in Vancouver. Like, I fought twice in the, into, in the scrimmage game between the squads. And I remember the one guy, he was like, he's like, you always play like this? He's like, you're nuts. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, perfect. They think I'm nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting a contract just because of that, just because I went all in for two weeks. But like, that's what you had to do. That's what you had to do. And like, I'm glad you brought it up. Guys. You're not like knocking guys out, but you're just, you want to show. You have to. That you're, like you're there. You yeah. do something. You've got, you've got it. It's, it's hard to get yourself in the mindset of playoff hockey, like right after the summer, but that's what you have to be. You got, it's such a, like night and day. Like I remember going like, fuck, two weeks ago, I was like hanging out with the boys on the, the water, you know, in the fucking jet ski. And now, like, I'm in playoff mode. Like, eat, eat, eat. Like, eat that fucking stick. Put them through the yeah. board. And you're right with, with navigating your way around, though. I often mean to bring that up on here, and I don't because I ramble in some fucking direction. But you you can't. You can, I, If I went and fucking ran Sakukoivu, that's not good for me either. So, or Pierre Turgeon or Mark Recchi or whoever fucking regular NHLer that they were paying a lot of money to. So you got to go around there and play hockey and you got to go hard or else like, because you're not a superstar, I'm saying you, me either. uh, And, you know, but as you're doing it, as you're trying to make a team and get a contract as a fucking agitator, hard worker, you know, two-way player, you have to navigate around. But if I hit this guy, it's not good. Right. It's fucking so crazy. It's such, oh man, what a, just a grind. But that was the best part of the game. So I loved it. Yeah, it was the best part of the game. Did you know that early on? Like, were you? Because I, I, I never was a. Not really, man. Never like was a great hitter. No, not early on. I was, I was really like offensive. Uh, first couple years junior, last year kind of played a bit more defense, but I was all offense. And then just getting to to pro and playing fourth line and getting three shifts a game and having to adjust. And then I'm only going to make it if I do this. Like the offense is gone. Like, no one thinks I can score. No one thinks I can make plays anymore. So I, I only have to do this. And that's why I'm so fucking surprised. I know we talked about it a little bit last time, but, man, you had over 20 goals twice in the A, but you only played 40-odd games those times. Like, that's a lot of goals for that. And they, you, I guess by that time, what, what I ended up finding, re- really similar. It's just at, at an early age where I left, and I was like a blue chip really early. So, you know, I there was a bit more of a magnifying glass early first round and dub and then NHL and all that shit. But really, it was the same though because there's a lot of parallels. I, I I would score at will here, and then I went to junior, Cornell. I would fight really for a joke to impress the guys, but I was a scorer, yeah. right? I was, that's what I was doing. And then I went down. Junior started to you know my first year. I remember going my first year junior sixteen. Again, as sixteen year olds, all right, thirty thirty three points in sixty something games, one hundred and seventy six minutes, solid year. But I immediately knew that I couldn't take it and go end-to-end anymore. I found out that the first fucking game. And then you got to start going, okay, what is the – you start realizing what the coach wants. Like right here, I know that I probably can take it at the blue line, say, right, and and make a move. But my role here is to dump it in and finish. And and, and then you got to start finding that balance until, like you said, sometimes in pro, you're getting three shifts. So you're not thinking at all. It's gone from your head. You're not a scorer anymore. You dump it in and you hit and you eat you eat meat and you fucking hit and you go to the bench and when he taps you again it could be two periods from now you go and do the same thing. Uh, am yeah. I wrong? Am I wrong? And if you don't finish one check, you're done for the game. You're done. If no. you happen 
to take or it easy. Or if you turn over the blue line, you're done for like a week or two. Totally. And then you could the scores who used Just to thinking be- about that, like you had to play like that, never being able to make a turnover as a fourth line. Like that's man, that's a lot of pressure. A lot. And like, when, when other people you're looking at it all the time. I remember like I fell once and the coach is just ripping me and like just showing all my bad shifts. Like I fell in the corner once. He's like, well, you fall here. I'm like, yeah, I caught an edge. I fell down. Yeah. It's and I'm it, like, like, it, like that can problem? happen to anybody. Yeah. Oh God, dude, you're, you're speaking my language. And then once in a while, I remember, remember like, I don't know, getting like my second shift and like midway through the third. And literally, I remember, like, distinctly coming up, darting up the left wing, which I'd done a thousand times. Patrice Breesbar shoots right. He was the far D, and it was, like, coming up on the neutral zone. And he fired it across the ice to me. And I, I remember thinking about, oh, my God, I better get this pass. When I'm not, you know, you're not, not ever thinking about that. It's just, it's just in the back of your head. It's subconscious. But when that starts happening, when I start thinking oh. about, hopefully the puck doesn't bounce off my stick, I know yeah. that I'm completely a different sure. player. Just get it and put it in the fucking corner. It's funny because like you, you adapt to the ice time you're given and you, you're you yeah. like, no wonder fucking guys are doing that because like oh. they have no confidence. I guess it's not the same because like the high-end players just got so much opportunity because we weren't that, but it would just be amazing to play like, like how I was not junior or how I was my last year in the A under Tom Rowe, like just having a coach have so much confidence in you. You just felt like you yeah. just felt so much better. Way better. Like, like it says, well, like you said, you you're saying this, but you did get 20-odd again in 40-odd games. Like, yeah, you finally got some ice time, but like, feel like, just like a game, like you're feeling like shit, then you get a goal, and you're just like on fire. You're yeah. so light. You're just like, that's how like you felt when you're on, just on, on top of your game, and if the coach added extra confidence, you were just, man. You when were just I'm playing my best, yeah, I don't have, I'm, I'm not thinking about any of that. And, yeah. uh, and that's something that's you got to adapt to from junior, too. Yeah, oh, junior, junior, I couldn't believe junior to pro. Starts, like, but, yeah. And people ask me, they're like, what's the biggest difference? I'm like, I don't know what to say to you what the biggest difference is. Like, because this is a huge yeah. difference. We could talk about the differences for 10 hours. The, the mental stuff's crazy. You know, the, the the speed of the passes was the first thing I noticed. So I often say that, but I'm like, man, everything's different. It's junior. Yeah. It's a bunch of kids out there playing Nintendo uh, you know, yeah. eating fucking Big Macs on the sly yeah. before games. Yeah, we like, played Grand Theft Auto, I think. Yeah. Seven days a week after practice. That was did. the biggest, yes. <laughs> right? Your biggest thing after the, I was the same way. Game would end. Okay, good. Maybe we'll get a little post-game meal here. Well, back before we go back. Yeah. It wasn't much different. We were playing, still playing video games, but it was probably different games. I don't know, it was probably Tiger Woods or something. Or Yeah, the coast, yeah. fuck yeah. That I remember. I I, I went to the coast after like four years pro, a large part of that spent in the NHL, even though like, because my 19 year old year, I didn't, yeah. the whole deal was to practice all year. I, I ended up playing three games, but I knew that was the deal. So I'd spent a lot of time up there, you know, and then the A, and then it was a bit of a wake up call. Now I, I'm not saying we didn't have fun in the coast. It was, it was up there with the most fun I've had. It was just yeah. completely, it was, it was almost a bunch of overgrown junior players. Oh yeah. That was probably my favorite spot, man. That and junior. Yeah. Well, you were, yeah, man. So you, you were playing in South Carolina. I remember you told I didn't. You, by the way, I didn't even have any questions queued. I just did your intro and everything's easy. Got to talk to you, know, and I knew that we would hit some buttons that uh, we hadn't talked about. But you had brought up South Carolina before. But that I know that was one of the funnest places you played. Yeah. Um, but tell us a bit about that. Was I didn't ask you about the fans? 
You know? Yeah, it was just crazy because they had like a booster club. They loved us down there. Like they thought like we were NHL. We were the only pro, any yeah. pro team anywhere. Like it was college. The the Gamecocks were huge, but they treat us like we we're a pro. Like we had booster club. They gave us like gift baskets before every like road trip on the bus. You go to their on your bus. It's like oh, like uh, golf digest and uh, Gatorade and I don't know whatever other guys wanted. They give you a gift basket when you're going for like a four day bus trip, and it was just amazing. Um, our rink was right on campus, so you walk into the rink, and the whole lower level was all classrooms with uh, University of South Carolina. So yeah. we'd have a practice there, and then we'd go like we'd have lunch at the school cafeteria. So like all the students kind of knew us, and they had like for I can't even remember. I think it was like dollar beer night or something on Thursdays or Wednesdays, and it would the place would just be packed and all the kids going to school were like, we're all the same age. I was 21 when I was there, 22. So we were yeah. all the same age. So it like was me and Freddie, except you were in a fucking U.S. college. Yeah. Um, and you know, like hey, one, one sec, Brandon, one sec. I got to, we had to take a quick commercial break yeah. and I'm going to come right back. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With bigger payouts than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a ton of hockey podcasts to get me ready for the upcoming NHL season, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to? Because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, which I find is perfect for tuning out distractions at work. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally love Raycons noise isolation mode that blocks out the sounds around me. Bass boost for hard-hitting music and balanced for podcasts. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Listen, I got a few questions that people send me once in a while and uh, or I'll talk to them at the bar or whatever and I write some down. Um, and maybe you could give me your input on these two. So they're just random. So you say, hey, Terry, scored lots in junior in the A, whatever, as did you, right? So did you think, did you shoot? This guy's asking me basically in about a fucking four-paragraph essay because he goes on and on. But what he's saying to me is that did you look for a hole and basically shoot at it, or was it instinct? For, for, for me, I don't know, somewhere in the middle, like if I got the puck – there are times, I guess, breakaways being one, but if I just got it in the zone, like things are happening so fast, 
And I guess what happens in my mind, just speaking from my perspective, say I get it somewhere around the slot. I'm just maybe subconsciously thinking where the goalie's not. Like I, I'll just know that if I'm shooting a glove side, like generally, you know, kind of where to put it, but I'm not really thinking. And I, I don't like just come over the blue line and go, oh, the leg, between the legs is open and shoot for it. Maybe yeah. you're different. No. Oh, no, it was all instinct and training. I really only shot, I bet, I don't know the stats, but I bet you 95% of the time I only shot high glove or low blocker. That's it. Okay. So every time, like every time I train in the summer or practice, I really only shot high glove or low blocker. Okay. And, and it was just like, like you said, like getting the puck in the slot. If I got it from this corner over here, yeah. I knew the goalie was either going to be late or early. So yeah. Yeah. if I take a quick look and he's late, then I'm going low blocker. If he's early, I'm going high glove. Like it was just... And that's yeah. the only two places I shot. So sometimes I just have my head down. I wouldn't even look, but I just from constant training, you'd know where that high glove yeah, area. I think that's what it is. It sounds weird, but think of it. Different shots, different. Like if I, if I wind up to take a slap shot, I'm I'm just trying to think now, and I've never really asked myself that question. But yeah. I'm going 99 percent of the time. I'm going high glove. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know if it's shooting left and. I don't know if it was just like training, or maybe it wasn't. Like yeah. I knew how to score at a decent shot, but I wasn't like good enough to come down and have like the ultra most patient and look for a hole. I know. Be like, oh, that's open. I'm going high block. Or like, no, I wasn't that good. Yeah, you you, you so, get it. Yeah, I know exactly. I, I know knew exactly if I start here and I go over here, that low, more than likely low blocker is going to be open. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly. That, that's the best way to explain it as possible. I, I I thought about that and I'm like, I, I don't really know, but it, it's yeah. not usually even like with the kids at our school or like we did a high end uh, U15 tournament with all indigenous kids across Ontario. I was just telling those guys, like, get used to shooting in certain areas. Like, yeah, it's the breakdown. Like, you can, you can teach a drill, but if you don't teach like the purpose of the drill or or like where you're shooting, if the goalie's later early or if he's down, like you don't know where to put the puck. Some people just can't score goals. Like they could get chances and they just do not know how to score goals. And they don't know when to shoot it. Like what you said, the area, I don't like, I, I, that's something I think is more instinctive than where I, where I was going to shoot it. It was what area you're in and when you're going to, you know, what's happening around you. And yeah, again, we, we scored a lot for, you know, for, we, I, I could legitimately say, you know, I was a goal scorer in junior in the A. You don't get 20, you know, playing the piano as they say, yeah. but um, a lot of them were in front deflections and stuff. So for me, it yeah. was an area to go to. I knew that. Even like a backdoor cross ice pass. Like you can't yeah. be like here on the crease. You have to be like really far. Like you need this much room to score. Yeah. Like don't block yourself out and get more. Like you have to find tight areas. You got to find and you get, get yeah, when the it. shots come and when to back. When to, uh, yeah. Like I didn't like out. I wasn't a puck carrier. I was just I had decent smarts where I knew where to go, where I could maybe like get a scoring chance. But I hate to carry in the puck. Like I get rid of it and get to a spot. Yeah, good. So and it, it is. There are different players, right? I, I often there's lots of players that do love carrying that uh, oh. carrying the mail, right? The whole length, yeah. and they it's basically theirs till they lose it. Yeah, and just I, let them go. Yeah, I mean, way back, but I, I I never was really hugely comfortable with that. I like to someone else can do that in the zone. Uh, now my mind starts. Uh, that's when I'm at my best. Yeah. Do you would you wait here, Terry? I ask you this as well, Terry. This comes from Carl in Saskatchewan. Would you want to be a video coach? And that's really that's all he says. So I, I'm guessing he means like NHL video coach, like as, as per team. I mean, there are video coaches out there. I think Dave Ling does send in a tape 
Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, I'm assuming this guy means NHL video coach. Me, yeah. no, because only the time we're living in, I got to be on my phone a lot, and I, I'm getting sick of looking down at a video screen, and I think that would be monotonous. It would be hard. It would always depend on what the pay was, though, for me. If the pay was good enough, I would. But of the coaches, that would come last in my mind. What do you think? Oh, man, that would just – oh, I, not, not a chance. And now I'd be a video coach. I hated video. Yeah. Like, even seeing, like, NHL players now, like – Marner, like sick, disgusting hockey player. When he gets to the bench, he's looking at an iPad. Yeah. Like, what the hell are you looking at? Yeah. Like, you're so good. Is it like coaching optics so they see you looking at the iPad? or? I think it like, is. Because every play is different. So if you saw that you could have went wide there, well, that's not going to be open next play. And Maybe like his feet are crossed over already, and then you do cut it. I don't that, thank you, by the way, for answering two questions in one. I all people ask me about that sometimes. I'm like, man, I, I don't know. And I know they got the technology, but I don't I don't know, man. I don't remember coming off and ever want to, needing to see a replay. I know what I, I shouldn't have come across the trolley track. General idea idea. Of a system of like your forecheck, neutral zone, whatever, whatever. Like you have your general idea, but man, everything's moving. Like it's yeah. not what, what are they looking at? The goalie's tendencies? Like yeah. what are you looking at? Like you know. <laughs> You know when you made know. a mistake. If not, it's just a gradual build, isn't it? Like video coaching, you know, go in and go over. It's not it, to me. There's nothing video coaching that analytics. Like, man, I, I would rather see and look at a player. I know he's deadly or he's sick, as opposed to like waiting on statistics or analytics to tell me that he's good. Like, no, like I can yeah. see him controlling the puck. Like, I don't know who has good zone exit analytics. But I probably do know because they're disgusting hockey players and they can carry the puck and they can yeah. make a take pass. Yeah, I don't need to hear <laughs> so they're, so they're they have good analytics, I guarantee you that. Oh god, yeah, exactly. Oh, su- surprise, Patrick Kane is good with yeah. the offensive zone. Uh give me give me the fucking iPad. Um but um now that being said, so the video. Did were you because it existed way, I mean, I, I don't know. I came into junior, we were doing video. Yeah. Do you, was that a huge part? Like by the time I was done pro, it started to become a big thing. And you would have been, and that right would have been in the meet, like I was done 2004. Yeah. So you, there was yeah, a big there part was, of your practices, wasn't it? Or your game? Yeah, there was always like, uh, even before or after, you just look at like a, I can't remember like too much. In game, like for it was more like PK. Nothing in game for me. Nothing in game. Yeah, it was more like PK or penalty. Like yeah, like, yeah. Just, they'd call us in and go, "Okay, let's come in the room. This is what we yeah. want to do." Yeah, it was more like it. It wasn't even. You're right. It was more active than reactive. Like I remember people pointing out, but it's not like everything was negative. It wasn't like this is what you're doing wrong every time. It was like this is what we want to do. Here's the penalty kill we're going to go with. Sometimes we'd go in the video room and we'd watch like Edmonton at Calgary. Yeah. And they'd be showing us what they were doing on the power play. This is how they're going to come at you. Yeah. The Gretzky, Messier, like Kurt. Yeah, they're making sick plays that we can't make. So thanks for showing us that. Yeah. <laughs> to us, oh, is right? that what Mario Lemieux is going to do? Oh, yeah. God. Okay. Now, thanks a lot. Yeah. Now that I know that. <laughs> Jeez. Like that would, that, that, like I got mad at. Like, yeah, thanks for showing me. We can't do that. <laughs> we look at something that we can use. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> oh fuck! Do you so? Do you do any of that with your hockey clinics? Video, no. Yeah. no. So, and and what? T- tell people about it. I might as well plug it a little bit. We didn't do a great job of that last time. Oh uh, uh, yeah, we did. We do. Uh, it's called Train Owens First Station Hockey School. We do um, 
hockey schools all across Canada. We actually have one, uh, what's today? Today's Wednesday. And Friday, we're from Blind River, Ontario. Then we're in Cross Lake, Manitoba the following weekend. So we kind of just go all over Canada and uh, really teach hockey skills, trying to develop their skills. But more importantly, just teach them how to work hard, how to be good people. Uh, we always have a roundtable discussion at each and every event. Where uh-huh. off, off the ice, is the, that's the best, man. Like getting to know people and yeah. really if you can like inspire one kid in that group, hopefully Big all inspire one like in your discussion of what, like I like hearing um, like hard times that people went through to, to get to where they are. Like if you listen to someone talk about like how they just smooth sailed through life and how everything was like bunnies and roses and they never had a hard time, then they're lying to you. Like, yeah. so like my father went through some tough times um i did jordan did so if they can hear that and see that you know there's light at the end of the tunnel and you can be successful with hard work right because really that's it like for us it's just hard work and being a good person so that's um kind of like the best part of our camps is the round table and then like the scrimmage the last days it's just getting together with all indigenous people and just really i was at a all indigenous golf tournament the past two days and it's like the same feeling as our hockey school where right. you're around like around your people and you just feel so much pride and and then that's really like what our uh, what our hockey schools are all about well said man i can tell following along online and people are smiling i say people are smiling yeah. it's just so great not you know it's just a lot of things to like, unpack there but i'm like that's what sports yeah. is all about when i see that when i see you guys on there like to me that's the essence of sports you're out there you're not slave driving you're not you're it's not only you to play hockey up. You only get to play hockey for like eight, 10 years. Like I, yeah, our camps are awesome. Like kids are always smiling, but they should be smiling in downtown Toronto. They yeah. should be smiling in Whippy. They like these camps shouldn't be an outlier. Like that's what we should be playing hockey for. Oh, and yeah. like, I, if I think about it, that's probably why like my kid doesn't want to play hockey anymore because he didn't have fun yeah. and it was just too serious. Think like, about it. I'm not. I'm not shitting you. Like I'm. I'm not saying it because you're a guest and I'm trying to plug you. But I noticed that, and you're. It's fun. It's ha- everything you're saying is for fucking real. Um, yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to interject because you know a lot of these things are uh, sound monotonous and generic, yeah. but I mean it. I mean it. It's a real difference to see people smiling at hockey. Yeah. What the fuck are we talking about? Anyway, go yeah. ahead. Well, no, just smiling. I mean, when you feel better and you feel like you're having fun, you work harder. Like yeah. for me, at least. So, and a lot of people don't, right? Like, yeah. you know, a lot of the camps aren't based on that if you're in toronto it can be downright stressful to play hockey as your son probably realizes yeah. right yeah just getting back to that like i said like you have what you started six eight you're only playing at like 15 or 16 yeah and then you're with the rest of everyone you're playing beer league you're playing pickup you're yeah so exactly. like enjoy your time playing hockey man like just don't put too much pressure i mean it gets to a point where you have to like 13, 14, 15, if you're really good, then it's time to grind and it's time to get down to business. But outside of that, like the vast majority, like that's just. And if you love hockey enough, like you said, you just explained it great. Your your kid was like, well, you know, sometimes I like chasing down the puck. Scoring it sometimes, but by the time you're, regardless, regardless, if he never plays again, it's still been a benefit. Right, yeah. it's, it's been all that time spent and everything. Isn't all? I try to tell people it's not all to make the goddamn. I think it NHL. was. Like I listened to the radio a lot. I think it was. Might have been Steve Ballacat or something. Like said it really good. Like it was like a year ago. It's just like you, you, you take these hockey players, you give them like you let them fall in love with the game and let them have so much fun from their start to like age thirteen, fourteen. 
then they're going to decide yes. past that point if they really love it and if they want to try and do something with it. Yeah. But like that gap in between, like that's the fun, that's the love, like that's where you get all that good stuff from hockey. All that good stuff. And, and, I, and he said that and it just like really hit with me. I think it was like a year ago or so. And uh, you generally, if, if you stop playing at that age, you've found something else and you've, you know, yeah. you, you spend your time, at least in my experience, it's not all people like the be all and end all isn't quitting hockey. It's taught them good things. Maybe they learn yeah. how to do the piano. Maybe they get into baseball. Maybe they spend been thinking about it. Like, I don't even know if I'd want my kids to play pro. Like it was a yeah. freaking grind. Like right. you didn't love it and you weren't, I wasn't like, I'm not saying I was a super toughest mental player ever, but like it was, yeah. man, I got beat down mentally. Survival like of the fittest. Yeah. Most people, if you really think about it, people say, you know, well, what does it take to make pro? By the time you get to pro, there's been so much happen that the people there yeah. are all fairly tough mentally. They have to be. There's no way because, like, you know, you see it. The, f the first day I moved away, yeah, I, I, you know, I felt it myself. I'm like, you know, part of me wants to go. I was yeah. homesick. I was, I missed a you know, girl that I wasn't really even dating. But, you know, you get that. So, like, a, a lot, you could, you, you, and I watched it. People go to junior A or major junior. And it was too tough on him. You saw it too. I mean, yeah. I know you did. Just I didn't even ask you that question. Oh, even the guys that are like, right? oh, like the guys that I could have played pro. Like that drives me nuts. <laughs> like yeah. I could have played pro. No, no, like you didn't train at six in the morning. You didn't yeah. ride the bus. You didn't get yelled at for four years. Yeah, you didn't like exactly. go on when you should have quit. You didn't like, yeah, I could have been a doctor. I didn't go to school. I didn't grind for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's the same, the same thing. Like I, I can't well, stand it either. I'm like, yeah, really? Oh, it's so you guys, you know, get to do what you want to do, and it's such an easy, no. like, easy road. Like, you know how hard it was for me to fucking get up and leave, like every other goddamn player. You think I want to be taking shit, getting up? Yeah, and then you go to major junior, where part of it when we were coming in, like, I'm, I don't want to make it. You know, there was a, there was a, a definitely a, a, a soldier kind of, you know, the coach. Yeah. Um. Was we didn't always have to be a bad coach or, or these big screaming like Michelle Terry and I didn't like his approach or Mike Babcock, but that that was part of a lot of coaches emulated that kind of thing. Yeah. They weren't necessarily assholes, but it was it was like, you know, there was a lot of stress to go out there and be a soldier and yeah. get up and you know you're fucking. Thousands. I mean, yeah. I mean, in saying all this too, like the mental beat down, the, the hard work. I mean, but I like it was awesome. Like I loved it. For us, it was because yeah. we thrive on that. Yeah, and but I can't, you, we can't see it from any other point of view. I mean, yeah. we can. I, I can, I can sympathize with someone that was like that, but I can't empathize because always the goal was still like it was worth it to me. It yeah. was nobody else's decision. It wasn't my parents as much as people might think because my dad played pro. No, they're very open minded. They wanted me to go to school at first. I yeah. wanted to play. I, I went. I like they had to talk me. I, I would say that the opposite way around. I I was offered by Yale. Uh, it, it, to go to prep school and then you know a full ride, and yeah. you know I I chose major junior and even that to make that choice I was be a lot for Yale's way closer to fucking Newfoundland, but you know it was always on my okay I don't mind like I say it yeah, fuck guys and do you even in junior you're only sixteen seventeen if you're out there if you're blocking shots if you're taking that I don't even want to say mental abuse because to me it was to make me better I didn't ever think of it as abuse it's almost a, a, a the word is is a rough word to use nowadays yeah. for so many reasons, but it is hard. It was mentally, but if you didn't want to fucking do it, if you didn't love it, you weren't going to. And yeah. you know, then guys would come home and do their thing. More power to them. Business degree, got a wife, picket fence, love it. You, but I hate hearing that too. Yeah, you know, but you know, sometimes I look back and I think, 
I should have stayed at camp. Yeah, but you didn't fucking want to. You didn't even think about it. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Are you saying that you would have been in my stratosphere as a hockey player? You selfish fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're just passing out. You're, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I look at people. I'm like, not people. I can think of a couple that bring that up. And I'm like, you're insulting me as you look at me. What you're saying is that if you had only stayed away, you know, you flip the coin and figure, oh, I'd stay home. But if you'd want to gone away, of course, you would have played in the NHL, too. Anyway, I'm going off. But you hear it all the fucking time, right? All the time. I just saw. <laughs> yeah, I could have been a doctor. Yeah. Just chose not to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Could have been a doctor. Way I, you know what? If I, God, that that last like uh, chemistry course, and if I if I'd only chose to, you know, just try hard in that, I would be a fucking neurosurgeon right now. Um. Anyway, look, that's that's enough of your time. I looked down. I fucking got you for over an hour again. I said it'd be twenty minutes. What do you got coming up this winter? Other than I hear good things. I don't want to say anything official. I hear good things that Shorzy might come yeah. back. Yeah, I'm waiting here just like everyone else. I mean, yeah. fingers crossed. I hope to be back with everyone uh, at some point. Um, for nice. When, and if it gets announced, I mean, we're all waiting. Um, other than that, just we got our camps all winter. We got uh, we booked two a month for the next uh, – right until the end of the year. Um, you know, just kids' sports. Um, other you're going to be in – you're going to be up there. So I'm, I'm going to Edmonton tomorrow, Boston on uh, – Tuesday. Yeah. And um, anyway, I'll be in touch. I'm going to be, you know, a lot of these times at Toronto, we, we fly into Toronto to do whatever, right? Yeah. So like even next week I'm going to Boston, but I might want to leave a day early and watch a Jays game because I'm going through Toronto. Yeah. When uh, next week? Yeah. yeah. We're going Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, if I happen to, so, see, that's the, that, that would be the day. Now that I know yeah. Judge, I knew he was coming up. I didn't realize it was those exact days that he was in Toronto. Well, look, I'll reach out. Yeah, and um, we'll keep in touch anyway. I'm I sure. Just, I'll see uh, we just, I mean, Jersey's so much fun. It just, I mean, we still got our group chat going. It'd just be nice to get together with the boys, even yeah, if it's good. not for uh, for Shorzy in the near future. I think. Look, my my um, guess here is that it would be a great thing for all of us to get together, maybe in uh, yeah. the fall and go to a Leafs game or something. Speaking of sports events, yeah, uh, like I, I golf with Max uh, this summer. Um, Deadly. Who else? Uh, Ryan uh, Michaels from the show came to did came to with a hockey camp with me and George. We brought oh, him up to Roskaganish, uh, First Nation or Cree Nation up in Quebec. So uh, I got to see boys every now and then. But as you, a group, you must get. I mean, dude, I went up to a couple of concerts. Well, I was in Toronto a few times this summer, but yeah, I noticed a lot when there's a lot of people at concerts and people were like loving oh. it, buying me drinks. Teddy Hitchcock, they must recognize <laughs> you. You're in the hockey hotbed. Of North of, of the world, in in, in a in, as a major character in a popular show about hockey, you must get it all the time, do you? I know, man. I got it once, and it was at like uh, this PETA place in Oshawa, and that's it. Come Which, on, yeah. That's it. Guy came up. Uh, I got it from other people that I know that have obviously seen the show because they know myself or Jord or guys like you through whatever. But uh, not nothing like. Uh, uh, I bet they know. Ryan McDonald said like. He was in Toronto walking down the street and these two guys like pulled their car over and like ran across the street and we're taking pictures with them. So like, not, yeah, you not told me that. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just happened here around here. People are sick of me. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean that in a good way, you know, like I've, I've been on the radar one reason or another, you know, bumbling around the city for 20 years. So 
it's great. And it's more like, hey, Terry, congrats on the show. It's it's not like, oh, my God, that's Ted Hitchcock and nothing like that. But when I go to Toronto and see a bunch of hockey fans that are out in public, the other thing is everybody's got a beer in their hand at these concerts, right? I'm walking down the street. You don't know it. You know, but I'm, I'm the, the biggest events that, you know, really, I mean, a lot of hockey fans hung out with the Eagles last week and uh, Motley Crue and Def Leppard, it seemed like. But, you know, they're, they're the crowd that we're going to get and they're all boozing. We're over in the corner. We're telling stories. I love the vibe. Toronto is fucking massive, but I don't know. It, yeah, it seems a lot smaller to me. There, it's it's the, the film world and the hockey world are so small that I always run into people. Yeah, I'm only like 45 minutes away with no traffic, but like I. I don't really go down there that much, honestly, yeah. like game or Ripley's aquarium with the kids or. Exactly. I, I wouldn't be there more than 10 times out of the year. And then yeah. I met Chicklet's cup and shit, right? All hockey fans who all like that brand of humor. Yeah. So maybe that's why I've kind of run into it a little bit more, but in any case, in any case, man, I've thought about it. I've been a part of nothing ever as big as this, but a lot of TV shows, cast or crew and uh, movies, whatever it is. And our vibe is so great. I don't want to knock the other ones specifically, but I've worked on some that are just like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. This one, it's such a positive vibe. Not only that, because I'd say to people, I'm not putting it on. We got a, we really got along. We all opted to stay in the same hotel. I think you really see that it comes from the top, right? Like when you yeah. have such great people like Jared and Kara and everybody, Jacob, like everyone, they'd all come from the top and everyone's a good person. No one's a dick that thinks they're like much better than anyone else. And then just like, it was weird though, how we all, came together so fast so quick like, it, it didn't it usually take a week or two it was like a day it was when we a day, it was a day and people were <laughs> chirping each other and fucking hugging and high-fiving yeah. and listening to tunes yeah it was awesome man I, oh, well I, I really look forward to it again i yeah. i really do and uh whatever that day may be and let's cross our fingers i haven't heard yeah. anything official yet but i know that uh it went over well and like i said it, from the the cast is one thing, but everybody I see when they when they look over and they want to talk about Shorzy, they're smiling and they're laughing. And I'm so fucking blessed to be part of something like that that makes people laugh. Yeah. Um, you know, not every great show or great movie makes you feel good, right? Yeah. Schindler's List is a great movie, but fuck me. Whoa, yeah. you know, but we're involved <laughs> with something that makes everybody smile. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It's a great thing, my friend. Bino, it was great talking to you. I'll see you at some point soon, one way yeah. or the other. Good luck in everything you're doing, and have a great winter, and uh, pass the message along to your friends and family. Yeah, for sure. Hope to see you soon, buddy. Okay, brother. Catch you on the rebound. And there it is. Brandon Nolan Bino, also known as Jim. And you know what? The Jims in the Shores, they all have different last names, and I'm not even sure what they are. I never paid attention. My own show. Anyway, yeah, we hear some good things, but nothing's official yet. Hopefully soon, because every second question I get does deal with Shorzy, and I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, all in all, I, t I talk about... Um, you know, it's hard to answer messages and everything. I do appreciate it, guys. And some of you get frustrated. I, I read some last week and, you know, to, to the tune of like, hey, you know, you don't want to forget who your fans are. At least, you know, you can get back to the people that support you. I, I really do get a lot of that. And, um, you know, I don't mean anything by it, man. I do appreciate the support. I really do. Uh, I just, it's the volume of messages. And uh, at this point, I'm having 
sometimes other people check them for me just to get to them all. So don't be offended. And if you see a message that says seen or whatever, because people look into it, I saw you saw my message. You didn't get back to me. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. It just said like, give your balls a tug. And I had 5,000 things to do that day and other messages to check. And I can't get back to everybody that says, give your balls a tug or whatever they might do. But, but what I'm saying is that it just shows that you're a big fan of the show or Letterkenny or Shorzy or Chicklets or this podcast or whatever. And I appreciate it all because I, if anybody, know, know that without that, I would be nowhere. And I didn't change anything about myself. I just got lucky and Chicklets came and, you know, we built something there and then, um, you know, Shorzy. And but I'd been in the business for a long time as crew and stuff like with, with, with no expectations, and I got on those things and they fucking took off. I'm I'm grateful every day. I mean it. I I know what it's like to be on the other side, man. And like not that long ago, and even now, not out of the woods. Um, but a lot of things are going well for me and and us. I should say everything. They never they wouldn't be going well for me if they were going bad for Penny Lane or even Danielle, my ex, for that matter um you know every, for everything to be good in my world it has to be good in the world of the people around me <clears throat> and um, i don't mean that out of like respect oh hey you know i hope you're doing well i mean really if if, if someone's even a close friend or a teammate or whatever I, i'm sure a lot of people know what i mean right your world can't really be full swing positive until the people around you that you care about are happy so um You know, and, and it's really hard to have everything go well or right at once. We always face adversity. And uh, I'm facing some right now. It's workable. It's dealable. It's easier when you have, like Brandon said, people that are positive influences, positive people around you. Every year I meet more people. That's what I'm more most thankful of, you know, like meeting people. Like he just said, like a year ago, I didn't know Brandon Nolan. I knew he was. I didn't know Ryan McDonald. I didn't know any of these people. They act. Tessia, tell us, how, how am I ever going to meet her? Uh, Kalani, get well. Um, Kalani, who plays Migwan on the show. Kalani Elizabeth Rose uh, was shot this summer, actually. I'll get into that next time. I'm going to have her on and just, anyway, I, I don't want to talk out of turn because I'm not sure everything of the details surrounding it, but she's just a great vibe, great person. And uh, is going to recover, is recovering. And uh, yeah, we will get into it. That was not tragic, but it could have been. Um, anyway, when you, you know, all these people that I didn't know, now I can literally phone them and say, hey, what's going on? And every time I talk to Brandon or Ryan or again at, down the list, I'll probably talk to them the most since the show ended. Uh, and Jared Kiso, um, you know, it's positive. And we identify with each other. A lot of people don't open up. I think, you know, it could be hockey. It could be fucking marriage. It could be business. It could, but, you know, some adversity, it all feels the same when you're going through it, right? It's like, what the fuck? Mental stress. But uh, when you talk when you talk to people, it doesn't even have to be uh, phone up Brandon and say, hey, man, like, feeling like shit. Can you help me out? It's never really that. It's just that. I find when more and more people that are into your life that you talk to, that you bounce ideas off of every day, like that chat right there, that wasn't at all 
negative for me. And that's the way I feel every time I talk to Brandon. 24 hours in a day, right? What do I sleep for? Five of them, six of them. So, you know, give me 15 to 18 hours a, a, a day with a moderate smile on my face and I'm happy. And uh, everybody's provided for, I'm happy. So, uh, I don't know. When you when you get older, I think part of part of aging, at least in my perspective, and a lot of people that I know and I deal with. I mean, if part of aging, I guess, positively and happily, not that that's easier said than done. But part of it, I think, is cutting the cords of the bullshit that's around your twenties. You know, there's people. Think about it. Whatever you're in, I can think of hockey, but you know, especially then, like people that. I couldn't tell back then who really were my friends or who wanted to leech off the fact I was a Montreal Canadian. Now I can. I don't know the reason for that, but you get older, I guess, you live and you learn, and those people are fucking gone, and I could smell them a mile away, and they know to stay the fuck out of my grill. But back in the day, I just I, I couldn't navigate around that. And uh, everybody has some level of that. You don't have to play on the Montreal Canadians, but you just get older, and you find it could be a husband. Why didn't the divorce, all the divorces happen in your 30s and 40s, Right. It's not always the guy either. It could be the girl or, I mean, not always the girl's fault. I talk from a husband who's been married twice in divorce perspective, but I'll full on tell you that it was two played that game. You know, like I, I would never blame anything on my ex-wives. I think that I would be a hard person to live with. Um, nothing crazy happened. There was no one incident, if that's what people are thinking, but it was just, I just find it hard to live with people. I like my own time, right? I like to come back and say, if I want to play fucking PlayStation for four hours on a Tuesday night, I want to do it. And I don't want to hear that's selfish. Uh, if I want to sit and read my book, you know, I want to go and sit in the sun one afternoon and do fuck all and take my podcast and postpone it till the next morning. Tell everybody else I don't feel that well. Go out back, suntan and read a book. I want to do it. And, you know, I like exploring new avenues by raising my daughters. So I, but that's the truth. I don't have a girlfriend per se. There's all kinds of girls that are in my life that have been positive influences or we've come to be uh, friends over the years. I'm not saying that I don't, you know, my ex Danielle being one of them. Like, it's not like I fucking hate you, you bitch. We lived together and that didn't work. But uh, lots of great girls in my life. Just uh, no one that I want to actually... You know, I'm just not ready for that kind of commitment. Not that you asked. Anyhow, now I've rambled enough. I need to move out. I'm heading to, so listen, uh, yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'll be out in Edmonton for this weekend. Uh, I mentioned it. Uh, if you didn't listen to, one, what are we at, 121? Episode 121. So if you didn't, listen to 121a this being 121b um just go back and I, I i explain there you know my plan what it will be uh for the weekend in edmonton and then uh, next week i'll be in boston for uh, a couple of days and uh so just if you're if you're in the area and you're a listener of the podcast or you're curious we got some events lined up not so much in boston uh, but uh in Edmonton, there's there's some events. We're doing a charity game, a pro-am game for Alzheimer's. Ball hockey, that is. And I'm uh, going to the Canadian Brew House, going to do the Gregor Show. But anyway, I explained it uh, on the last pod. So uh, anyway, if you're in the area and uh, 
you want to come on out to the Canadian brew house should be a good time. It's a meet and greet and we're going to have some beers and all that goes along with that. Thanks again to Brandon Nolan. Thanks for tuning in everybody. If you're in uh, town, why not grab a beer downtown at uh, TJ's green sleeves, Trinity pub, Rob Roy or the bull and barrel. And uh, why not check out the merchant tavern blue on water and Wedgwood cafe. If you're going to have a bite to eat, uh, those are the places I go. They're good buddies that run those places, and uh, they've become pillars of St. John's, the business community, the restaurant community, the bar community, and uh, good people, uh, close friends of mine, and places that I choose to go when I socialize on the rock. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, get out and support local. Why not? Wherever you are, support local. They've had a couple of strenuous years, to say the least, but if they're still living and they're still existing, and they're still out there, go support them. Why not? Speaking of support local, I'm going to buy myself a bunch of blueberries right now at Lester's Market on Brookfield Road in St. John's. So that's that. Thanks a lot for tuning in to episode 121B featuring Brandon Nolan. I will be back next week with another great guest. And uh, yeah, that's it. Catch you on the rebound, everybody. Have a good one.